This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And um, great to be together. A lot to cover today. And let us start with the beginning. I rise in praise of dictator Pelosi and her hold on the narrative machine. We're watching immoral destruction or attempted destruction of the greatest democratic republic we've ever had in history. And dictator Pelosi is using all the power of her office to uh, to try to destroy America, to tear us apart, to lie about what's gone on. And her power is so significant and it's being green lit by Biden and Schumer in such a way that everybody's fallen in line. Everybody's fallen in line. So that's what we'll get to again. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Please visit ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the daily email, what's called the Wink, the daily Wink. What you need to know, what you need to know, the daily Wink. Sign up at ProAmericaReport.com. And all my great interviews, uh, I've got some real winners this week. I pre-recorded a couple because I'll be traveling. I needed to get a couple folks. And you're going to want to really hear uh, one uh, or two of them. You can go over to ProAmericaReport.com and follow them. Okay, so earlier on Tuesday... Uh, the select committee for looking into January 6th convened. It is a completely partisan hackathon, but because there are never Trumper, anti-Trumper, nasty people, uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, who are nominally Republican, they are, they were put on the committee after the, uh, the ones that, um, uh, uh, minority leader McCarthy proposed to Nancy Pelosi, she rejected. But here's why I rise in tribute to dictator Pelosi, because she has created in late July of 2021, she's created an engine for the narrative machine to run for the next six months. And it will go through everybody's sock drawer and anyone who is a willing participant will say whatever is needed to be said. At the opening, there were law officers who said this was a white supremacy attack. How they know this, we don't know, but nobody asks them. The soundbite will be played all over America and all over the world. Think about what's happening right now. We have Nancy Pelosi, dictator Pelosi, who has set up this committee. She is being aided and abetted by big media. She's being aided and abetted by big tech. Everyone is falling in line. She's big government. Remember, the narrative narrative machine, remember, is big tech changes your brain. Big media brainwashes you. So one is using neuroscience. That's big tech. One is using brainwashing techniques, uh, 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 easily recognizable from the CIA and NSA uh, uh, leaders who are now on their on their um, uh, shows, Brennan, Clapper, etc. But big government is key. Because as I told you the other day, last week or 10 days ago, when there was a public hearing of the state senator in Arizona and she sat in her seat and she had a hearing, she gave the proper seriousness to her argument that included witnesses, included a conversation and questions that should have been sufficient. I mentioned at the time in the normal world that is covered as news and the media then races to cover it, except They will not cover the big lie. The 2020 election was free and fair. They won't cover that. They have to hide from that because they didn't do their job. In this case, Pelosi is doing something similar. She's having a quasi-official proceeding 
with members sitting at the at the uh, at their at their seats in you know above the witness tables and witnesses called and now the media is playing along and so the narrative machine is in overdrive that January sixth was an armed insurrection meant to take over the government except no one was armed. There was no insurrection. In fact, even someone pointed out earlier today, CNN has stopped using the word insurrection. They know it wasn't an insurrection. And it was, no one was, it wasn't murderous. It wasn't even, it was, aspects of it were violent. I think there was probably uh, at least trespass and maybe even some vandalism. But it appears that there were lots of people on the side of law enforcement that either were inept or maybe they were overwhelmed by the size of the crowd or maybe... According to one of the retired, now retired Capitol Police leaders, that Pelosi and the gang weren't ready. They'd been warned. They said, this is too big a crowd. We ought to do something different. They didn't do it. I'm not willing to say yet it was a quote-unquote false flag. I don't see that. But we're not going to get to the bottom of it when during the whole testimony to, uh, on Tuesday, there was all this conversation about all this stuff, except nobody commented on the woman that was murdered. Excuse me, let me say that better. There was a woman killed. I shouldn't say she was murdered. We don't know. Her name is Ashley Babbitt. We don't know enough about what happened, but she was killed by a shot from a law enforcement officer. Now, in another context, say the streets of Minnesota, the streets of Ferguson, Missouri, uh, excuse me, the streets of um, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, the streets of uh, uh, Ferguson, Missouri, the, the streets of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, pick a city where if a cop shot and killed someone... There'd be a little more investigation than we're seeing now. But again, be that as it may, I, I rise in uh, in recognition of Speaker Pelosi's incredible, absolutely unethical, immoral, destructive, but very, very impressive use of her dictatorial office and the pathetic media, big media and pathetic big tech to absolutely positively drive an agenda. And the agenda will be for six months. It will be it will be aimed at two things. One is absolutely frothing up the base of the of the uh, of the Democrat Party, frothing them beyond belief. Absolutely. Positive. The end of the world is that as Liz Cheney tells you that Kevin McCarthy's terrible, that all that's happening is Pelosi is using all of the technology, big tech, big media, and she is using big government to drive her people. That's one thing. Drive them into a frenzy, cash, donations. She's also going to use these faces, Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell. I think it's Jamie, Jeremy Raskin or Jamie Raskin, not not Falwell, not Falwell, not Swalwell, Eric Swalwell. Um, but here's the other thing she's doing. She is trying to get America to believe about January 6th and to believe more about it. She's aiming at the the middle of the country and trying to get them to think more about all these terrifying things she's going to have described that aren't true or if they're true, they're out of context. And here's why. She still knows the big lie is the 2020 election, that it was free and fair, that there was no interference. That it, the, the 2020 election, people already admitted, Democrats admitted that they, quote, fortified the election. We don't know if that means they falsified the election yet, but we can't look at that. And what Pelosi's doing is building a bulwark, building a wall, if you can believe it, against the people that are at, that are in, in the position of, of go, looking backwards at 2020. That's part of the dynamic. That's what she knows because he or she who writes the history, who defines the heck out of this is going to be the ones who is, uh, the ones that are able to frame what's going on. And that's exactly what's happening. So I, again, I have to say in praise of dictator Pelosi, 
the immoral, unethical destroyer of the American Republic, but very, very impressive. As she's doing this, she's getting Republicans in office to run in circles saying things like, we always support the Capitol Police. We all, nobody said that we didn't, by the way, but they're going to run and say, oh, we, we always do. We always will. We always, let's give them more money. Let's give them billions of dollars. That's what's going on. There's billions of dollars that are going to go to the Capitol Police. And Nancy Pelosi is in charge of the Capitol Police because she's a dictator of the House. She's not Speaker of the House. She's dictator of the House. And the P- Capitol Police are opening up branch offices, wait for it, in Florida and in, I think, California, maybe. I don't know where other places. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to join in the effort to try to make sure that we can target all the people that ever were thinking that the, the January 6th was okay. Because even if you think it was okay, you're out of line. That's the point. That's what they're doing. That's the dynamic that they're trying to foster. And I, and I have to say, I wouldn't bet against Pelosi right now because she's got all the pieces together. And on our side, meaning conservative side, meaning we the people's side, most of the time we're tweeting into the darkness. We're tweeting out into the, you know, or we're Facebooking or we're talking about it. It's very tough. You got to keep fighting. You know, one of the great tragedies of this time is that Rush Limbaugh's voice is gone. He used to galvanize a lot of people to hear what was seeing through things. I think he would have said right off the bat, he would have said, look at the, look at Pelosi. She's a gamer. This woman's a gamer. She's a terrible, terrible human being. History will write the villainry of her. I mean, she, she's, her and her husband have made millions, tens of hundreds of millions of over a hundred million dollars in net worth. But you have to rise and again, praise of dictator Pelosi. And you better understand you have to fight the narrative machine every day, all the time. And you do it through this program. You do it through the other program, programming on the answer uh, and the Salem Radio Network, uh, wherever you can find it. You got to fight back. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Our next guest is an old friend of mine, Daphne Barak's been on the show before. She is herself a filmmaker. She's a television producer. She is an author. Uh, she's done a bunch of stuff. But the um, And she supported President Donald Trump in 2016 and 2020. Her new book is out, and it's called Struggling for One America, Trump versus Hollywood, The Two White Houses. And in particular, let me make sure to say it is um, a um, Skyhorse Publishing, and you can find it anywhere you find books. Well, welcome, Daphne. How are you? I'm very well, and I'm here with my other half, Bill Ganassi, who is also the author of the book, and we are both very happy to, to be with you, Ed. You're always, like, so much well, fun to talk to you. <laughs> well, thank you. First of all, has Hollywood, you know, Trump is no longer president. Does that mean that Hollywood is relaxed again, that they can stop? They were warring with him for four years. Have they are they sort of gloating about it now or what, what's the what is the feeling in Hollywood? And nothing changed. I mean, I think as, as Bill basically put it, it's, we, we are definitely two different uh, Americas, you know, really divided. And what uh what people who read the book, and I know you got it. And by the way, Bill and I have a surprise for your audience. We're going to mail you two copies of signed books that you'll decide which one oh. of your listeners you're going to give great. it to, right? Thank uh, you. Yeah, so, thank you. That's great. And so, Ed, what, what uh, Bill and I uh, feel, and we are in Hollywood right now, um, basically that nothing has changed. I mean, the half of the countries look at... Uh, uh, at, at Trump is still the president, and looking at Mar-a-Lago or 
Bedminster as the White House, half of the country mm-hmm. looked at Biden as a president and condemned Trump for uh, for not uh, 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 consenting. And mm-hmm. but the book, uh, if you got it, as you see, it's a beautiful 20 photos. It's a good feel. And Bill and I really believe that. Yes, we can. Yes, we can become one America. We just have to start talking. And before mm-hmm. I ask Bill for his input, I want to tell you, if you look at the cover of the book, there are four wonderful people who are recommending it, besides the 24 fantastic artists like, you know, like Ted Nugent and Scott Bio and uh, Eric mm-hmm. B. and Too Short and uh, Kevin Sorbo and Dean Kane and Christy Swanson. Everybody's in the book. But there are four extra people. One is uh, Rita Cosby, a great radio host like yourself. The other one is Congressman Daryl Issa. The third one is our friend mm-hmm. Ruzan Bar. But the fourth one is why I'm telling you. It's a, one of the biggest Latino singers today, one of the 100 people of Time Magazine for 2020. And he has 48 million followers on Instagram, Jay Balvin. Jay hates Donald wow. Trump. He's the one that when Donald decided that to announce that he was running for president on June 2015, um, Jay Balvin uh, cancelled very, very loudly his performance on Miss Universe, which was owned by Trump at that point, oh. and he yep. was offended personally. So Jay Balvin exchanged text with Bill and I said, I hate Donald Trump, whatever. However, even he recognizes what Bill and I uh, have been doing since COVID and since the George Floyd uh, tragedy is really trying to bring all sides together. And even he, as you see, says on the cover of Struggling for One America, Trump versus Hollywood, the two White Houses, he says it's a very important project, Daphne and Bill. I'm really, really happy that you're doing it. Right, Bill? Yes. How are Mm -hmm. you, Ed? I'm doing great, Bill. And and tell me, Bill, before I, I don't want to slide off this, there's a documentary coming too, right? When will that be out? The documentary is already out on Vimeo. Oh. So just go to www.fightingfor, the number four, one America, www.fightingfor, okay. one America. But of course, right now, when COVID hopefully is, is uh, being, uh, I hope we're going to win against COVID, of course, it will resume its uh, pre-planned uh, theater distribution. So I'm thinking probably around the fall. But meanwhile, uh, we have a lot of uh, viewers on www.fighting4, the number four, one America, which is Vimeo, and great responses. And as you saw, uh, Ed, talking about One America, we had the biggest article, very, very flattering article, with what we call traditionally left-wing media, uh, Hollywood Reporter, Yahoo, LA Times, they were all uh, praising us for filming during COVID and giving 50 much-needed jobs. And giving people, you know, the, the confidence that uh, Hollywood is not over because of COVID. And also for bringing both, you know, African-American famous rappers like Too Short or Eric B. or, or Money B. or Big Baby, the basketball players, with um, Ted Nugent and uh, Scott Bio and Kevin Sorbo and Dean Kane and uh, and Kid Rock and others. So um, uh, that uh, it, it just shows that... Whoever reads the book, and I hope uh, you you agree with me that yeah. there is sort sort of okay, we are divided, but it's not a lost battle. We can still become one America. We just have to put our heads into it. But the book is also yeah. a very nice coffee table because there are 
lots of photos, as you know, uh, publishers don't like to put uh, photos yeah. of political yeah. books because yeah. it's too costly. Like, usually, if you see right. Melania and I gossiping in Mar-a-Lago and Donald and I having fun <laughs> after years, another golf, uh, you know, round, and they, Ted Nugent and his wife, beautiful wife, Shemaine, Bill and I, having fun in his very colorful home, which is full of dead animals, right, NRA. <laughs> uh, so, right. I mean, it's really something you want to put on your coffee table. And there is a big revelation that uh, was not in the film, that after we finished filming, Bill and I went to see Trump at the White House, and Jared mm-hmm. Kushner invited us, we have been good friends, and um, initiated that Trump will talk to the African-American prominent um, rappers and, and basketball players and comedians in the film. They did not believe that they would agree to do that. They, Money B asked me in the film, are you crazy? You want me to talk to Donald Trump? Too short. Said to me, look what happened to my friend Ice Cube. Why would they do that? You know, and he just talked to Jared Kushner. But I did convince four of them to be on the phone with uh, then-President Trump. He called me on Saturday night, November 1st, you know, less than 48 right. hours before the election. He was exhausted, mm-hmm. Ed, from four rallies. Could you imagine? I would be exhausted after one. And um, he really listened. I mean, the conversation wasn't kumbaya. They were complaining. He listened. He flattered. They, they opened the dialogue. And Trump actually invited them to the White House, to the Christmas party. He was under the impression he was winning. As you know, November 3rd came with different uh, outcomes. But Jared Kushner and Bill and I uh, insisted that Trump should really keep his promise. If not for, for now, for building a bridge for 2024 and our midterm election 2022. And he did. He did. As much as he was distracted with all the other legal lawsuits and everything he did, um, we took is a very hilarious photos in, in the book, Struggling for One America, Trump versus Hollywood, of uh, rapper Money B, like in the middle of the top Trump world, hugging Mark Meadows, the chief of staff of the White House, uh, hugging uh, the governor of uh, Texas, the Abbott, uh, you know, uh, bonding with Mark Short, the chief of staff of Pence, in the middle of Christmas trees, and he was Instagramming live from the White House, here is money piece of the Trump White House. <laughs> it was very funny. That's funny. So, I mean, so, yeah, um, so, so uh, we're talking with, again, we're talking with Daphne Barak and uh, Bill Ganasti, and the book is called Struggling for One America, Trump versus Hollywood, the Two White Houses. I couldn't help but notice, though, one of the uh, one of the names in here talked about, and also on the back, is Roseanne Barr. And some people get canceled, and it's almost like they can never recover. How do you get back to one America? A lot of people have been hurt by the left and by the cancel culture it's and even trump you know over the weekend and when oh, i guess when he was in arizona recently he said you know um i feel like i won and i can't you know you can't go um you can't put that away i mean h- how does someone like roseanne ever feel like one america can work roseanne i have to say she's very close to bill and i and she doesn't feel well um she feel um she's in hawaii she never recovered she came she went to Hawaii and with her family. Um, she she still, you know, if you just mentioned to her ABC, which funny enough, I have a big deal uh, coming with ABC, and she was very generous. Say, okay, you signed with them, but you know, as she still feels very bitter, and she feels that people like Deborah Massey, Massey, you remember 
tweeted against uh, yeah, right. whoever, yep, whoever yep. goes to, to a Trump fundraiser should be blacklisted. She feels, how come NBC never did anything against her? And, you know, it's only Roseanne. And um, it's, it's, a, it's bad because, yeah, she, she's one of the most talented uh, comedians. And don't forget, when she came back, the show made millions and millions of viewers uh, to ABC. It was such a hit. And then she was canceled. So um, right. it's not it's not a good feeling. And if you see Daryl Issa, the congressman, actually, uh, on the back cover of the book, actually does talk about cancel culture. And it's something that we have to we have to decide that we uh, have to remember that our First Amendment, not Second, not Third, not Fourth, the First Amendment, is freedom of speech. And and they, even if somebody sends a crazy Twitter. It's not a reason to be canceled for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's exactly right. All right. Uh, Daphne Barak and Abil Ganasti, the book, again, Struggling for One America. I'm sorry, we're out of time. We'll have you back on again, though. And you said you're going to send two signed copies of the book, which I'll give away to our okay. listeners. Uh, thank you, as always. And uh, let's, let's talk again very soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Thank Thank you both very much. We'll take a break, everybody, and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. It's time to talk with John Schlafly, one half of the Schlafly Report. Their column, the Schlafly Report, Andy and John, posts Tuesday evenings at townhall.com and is archived over at phyllisschlafly.com. This week's column entitled, Never Trumper's Nightmare Coming True. Uh, welcome back, John. How are you? I'm great, Ed. How are you? I'm doing fine, but I want to fight with you for a moment. Um, the House Select Committee on January 6th, you write, became a farce when the Speaker refused to seat two leading Republicans, et cetera, et cetera. Now, John, it is a show trial. It is a farce. But do you concede that Nancy Pelosi has exactly what she wants? If she couldn't have the Mueller investigation, Russia, 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 she couldn't have an impeachment because Trump isn't in office. So she'll have six months of breathless coverage by people who are coached on what to say. And already we've seen incredibly, I mean, it literally incredibly, uh, uncredible uh, commentaries by law enforcement officers. But nobody wants to sit up here and say, oh, the cops are lying. You know, that's not something we do in America. But, I, you know, I, I don't like it. I don't like her. I think she's destroying the republic, but she's pretty good at it. And the January 6th select committee is going to be a show trial for the ages. Where am I wrong? Well, Ed, I don't think the committee the committee will have much credibility because because it is one sided. Don't forget this all started when with calls for a a bipartisan committee selected by both houses, and then it got reserved to just one house. And then, it, but even in the one house, it was going to be bipartisan. Well, now it's essentially nothing but it consists only of members of the House who voted to impeach President Trump. And, uh, you know, how can you possibly get a fair investigation from a one-sided group of people? We, Ed, you know, we have a two-party system in this country, just as every committee in Congress uh, has representatives from both parties, just as we have a leader 
in each house from each party. Uh, it's understood that we cannot have fair government without both parties. And well, I'm sorry, I can see Pelosi, that, John. I, the two Pelosi I, I, Republicans do not count. I mean, well, I can see that. I, I can see that, John. But my pushback on that would be uh, just like un, uh, something broke in the in the minds and hearts and the and the uh, uh, whatever of the of the Democrats and especially the media. And now we see big tech. The announcement in the last forty eight hours was that Facebook, Twitter, all these are going to pool together and start a database of white supremacists. We've got eight, uh, uh, the Anti Defamation League working with PayPal to identify the same thing. I, I, I'm not saying it's true. I'm saying it's false, but I'm saying it's effective. I mean, you, you, there was a parade of law enforcement officers crying about what they called a medieval battle is what one of these nitwits called it. And my point is, in normal America, just like after 14 months of Mueller, 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 you had a third of the country hated everything to do with Trump because of Russia, and one third more believed something happened. And then when Mueller actually did his report and testified, it, it was literally nothing. So there's nothing there, but they're weaponizing the nothing in a way that's horrendous for the country. Well, it hasn't made a dent in the support of President Trump, as far as I can see. Well, that's and true. That's evidence right, that's by, true. I... you know, the tremendous event that uh, he was the star attraction of in Phoenix on Saturday. And um, so... I really don't think uh, the Star Chamber proceedings, uh, you know, reminiscent of the Stalin era in the Soviet Union, uh, are going to have credibility among the American people as a whole. And because um, it's obvious, I mean, the, ob the obvious questions are not being asked by that committee. You know, nobody's going to explain why an unarmed Trump supporter was shot in the face and killed, the only person to be uh, injured with a weapon during January 6th. And uh, uh, nor, nor, nor are we going to see the 10,000 hours of security footage, which will indicate that the vast majority of the people who entered the Capitol that day were invited in and waved in and allowed to enter through unguarded doors. You know, so this idea of uh, an assault on the Capitol is just complete nonsense. And uh, and what is an outrage is that uh, dozens or maybe over a hundred people are still being held without trial. Uh, many of them in solitary confinement in a brutal p prison in the District of Columbia for right. crimes which uh, you know even if you take them at face value they're not at, at worst trespassing. And it's just an outrage. And that's what needs to be investigated by the Republicans. The Republicans should have their own select committee. Let's have Kevin McCarthy select his own committee to investigate the abusive treatment of Trump supporters on January 6th and in the six months thereafter. That's what I'd like to see, Ed. Well, well, I like that idea. I mean, I, yeah, someone said when the uh, when the Democrats get control of the House, they impeach presidents, they do select committees, they dig in everything, and when the uh, when the Republicans get control, they cut taxes and they everything else fades away. But back to your column, we're talking with John Schlafly, the weekly column, the Schlafly Report, over at Townhall dot com, and also uh, um, archived at phyllisschlafly dot com. Uh, John, you run through a bunch of things, you and your brother Andy, in this. I wanted to hone in though at the, towards the end of this, the uh, CDC. Um, you know. 
in again in the last 24 36 hours the cdc is they may have been losing in court you appoint you point to a couple of these where the cdc was holding cruise ships and they could say they can go and a moratorium on uh evicting uh um uh people who haven't paid their rent uh, but the CDC's also looks like they're going to put out rules that are back to more masking and more distancing. And uh, are, are the schools going to go to uh, masks for all students as we're headed into a school year? I mean, I, I think um, they may have lost a few battles, the CDC, as you recount your article, but they seem to be on the march in the war on America. Well, the CDC, um, you know, is an advisory uh, does you know body in the federal government? I mean, it's supposed to do research, but it has no power to give orders to anybody, and and that's what these courts have held. The CDC has no power to regulate the cruise ship industry. They have no power to tell landlords across the country that they cannot evict tenants or sue for back rent or and so forth. And a series of court decisions have slapped them down, and it's about time. You know, these so-called experts, I'm fine, we're glad to have their research. You know, we're, we're you know, there's some of them are credible, credible scholars. And, you know, that's, they've all, it's all should be in the mix. But they cannot be allowed to, to regulate or, 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 or issue orders to the average American people, certainly not about schools. And I don't think the American mm-hmm. people are going to accept a second year of children uh, being uh, kept out of school or being forced to wear masks in school. The science doesn't support that. And, uh, you know, we put through, we, we endured that for one year, but we're not going to do it for a second year. We're, uh, John, we're talking with John Schlafly. John, uh, looking forward a little bit, uh, there's a poll out again in the last 24 hours that uh, Gavin Newsom is only avoiding recall by two or three uh, percent. That's in mid-September, September, I think, 14th. Then about six weeks later, you've got the election in Virginia. Polling out of Virginia says, which Virginia has been solidly blue, went for uh, went for. Um, both Hillary and uh, Biden, uh, that the governor's race, which is in six weeks afterwards this November, is toss up. Uh, are we seeing the traditional sort of pullback or are we seeing Jimmy Carter? Well, I don't know, Ed, if you're asking me to pr- predict the outcome of those elections, but just yeah. the numbers you gave uh, prove that though both of those elections are much closer than anyone thought they would be. And we'll just have to see whether... Uh, you know, how they turn out when it happens. And, uh, you know, to mention another court decision, you know, they tried to keep Larry Elder off the ballot in California. Mm, I guess he was the candidate they were most uh, fearful of, and rightfully so. But uh, a court in California uh, slapped that down. And so Larry Elder, Mm -hmm. I think, is now the leading candidate in the recall against Gavin Newsom. So, I mean, you and I both know Larry, and uh, he's a terrific, uh, you know, he's your colleague on this network, in fact. Right, and, uh, right, right. Uh, great guy. What a, great what guy. a breath of fresh air he would be. 
oh, in California. Oh my gosh, I, it would be unbelievable. The only the only sad thing is I think you I think the rule I think the law I looked it up. You only serve for the rest of the term, so it would literally be like another I don't know fifteen months, and then there'd be an election a year from this November to uh, to elect a new term, a governor's term, and I, you got to think that uh, some a Democrat would win California. All right, John. Before I let you go, I consider you a great um, expert on Donald Trump. Tel- uh, television viewing of Donald Trump rallies. And in the last three to four months, I have picked up that your um, critique of the Donald Trump uh, rallies has been pretty harsh, a bit hard. At least you thought the president, didn't, president Trump didn't look like his old self. And then we had Phoenix about less than a week ago uh, in Phoenix, Donald Trump, two hours. Uh, your thoughts after that rally? Well, Ed, I do think that uh, the old Trump is back. I mean, if anyone was uh, worried that he was uh, getting a little tired, uh, uh, <laughs> that was dispelled by the tremendous right. rally that occurred in Phoenix before many thousands of people. And, and uh, the energy and electricity of that event was just like 2015 and 2016, as far as I can tell. And I do think... Uh, Trump is on the on the campaign trail now, and this will continue uh, until the next election. So there's much to look forward to. And if any of your listeners All right. missed it, I mean, you can go online now. Of course, the the media has is shutting down right side broadcasting, unfortunately, which is an outrage. But C-SPAN covered it, and they don't dare right. turn off C-SPAN. And so go to C-SPAN, and you'll be able to see the whole thing, not only Trump's two-hour speech, but but all the all of what led up to that, including the weak Republican who was booed off the stage because she would not support election integrity. That was a sight to behold. I saw that. That was something. All right. John Schlafly, as always, the Schlafly Report is over at townhall.com. Every Tuesday evening it posts, and then uh, it is archived at phyllisschlafly.com. Thank you, John, uh, for your time. We'll talk again soon. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. Now, continuing that legacy, the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Personal responsibility is a difficult idea for many of we Americans to come to grips with. Lots of folks like to complain about everything that's wrong with the world, but few would be willing to do anything about it. According to a recent study conducted by the Competitive Enterprise Institute, 60% of Americans are very or somewhat concerned about climate change. Yet 35% would be unwilling to spend even $1 of their own money on climate change mitigation. And this is where Big Brother government steps into the equation. It's the ultimate pass-through scam. Americans would be in an uproar if they had to add a climate change mitigation line to their budget, but if their taxes were raised, they likely wouldn't bat an eye. We expect the government to raise taxes and misuse our money, so we give up without a fight when they give our tax dollars to ridiculous leftist initiatives. What makes this racket especially terrible is the fact that the government keeps most of the money for themselves long before the first dollar goes to help anyone in need. The so-called Green New Deal is the hottest item on the market for global warming alarmists. Leftists consider it the best way for us to save the planet, but they don't often mention the fact that it would cost as much as $93 trillion. 
That's $600,000 for every household in America. If 75% of citizens aren't even willing to put $50 on the line for climate change, how do they expect us to pony up $600,000? Personal responsibility needs to make a big comeback in our nation. It's been our tradition all these many years in our communities and especially in our churches. I hope every American will be passionate about what's going on in the world, but no one should expect the government to solve every problem for them. If you care about the environment, take steps to reduce your environmental impact. If you care about the needy, give of your time and money to do something about it. All of us should be concerned about sound government policy, but never to the detriment of our own personal responsibility to take action. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Liberal politicians cannot be allowed to manipulate tax laws regarding Social Security, charitable donations, retirement accounts, homeownership, and the definition of family. Low taxes and smaller government are core values at phyllisschlafly.com. Join us, won't you, at phyllisschlafly.com. And thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, I want to confirm for you because uh, in the last few minutes I have seen uh, email exchanges that we will, in fact, have the great Larry Elder on the show next week. It looks like Tuesday or Wednesday, but certainly confirmed. We're going to make it work. So uh, that's awesome. And, you know, he's gone right to the top of uh, the charts on all of the uh, uh, polls now about who could win if Gavin Newsom is recalled. So, I want to encourage people, uh, our listeners, and uh, and pass this on to others. If you're listening on the podcast, pass it on to others. Get a look at Larry Elder. Go find his website. I think it's Elect Larry, but I'll find out for sure. Elect Larry. Uh, but Larry Elder, he has an extraordinary life story. He has an extraordinary communication sk- set of skills. He is somebody that could really, really change uh, the way California runs and also how people perceive it. Both those things would be really great. And so take a look at Larry Elder. That's going to be exciting. Next week, we'll talk with him. Also, I wanted to offer uh, one of our listeners is the one who forwarded to me the information on Daphne Barak's book, um, which was so interesting. It's actually, I'm, I'm a little sorry, the interview got a little bit sidetracked by her and and uh, her co-author, Bill, uh, talking about different things and not the book. The book is really interesting because the book that uh, D- Daphne has that one of our, our listeners uh, sent me a link to is um, uh, some never-Trumpers, some anti-Trumpers, and then some Trump supporters. And they both are interviewed by Daphne. It's kind of interesting to see how each side reacts to each other and how it fit together. It's, it's well done, cleverly done, and kind of an interesting idea. So uh, thank you for that. And let me run through for everybody. If you would like to be in touch with me directly, uh, if you have ideas like that or comments you want to fire back, on Twitter, it's at Eagle Ed Martin. On all the other services, whether we're talking about Gab or Parler, it's at Ed Martin. Over on Facebook, it's Ed Martin Live. Ed Martin Live because I do a lot of live programming, live streaming there. So Ed Martin Live. And also you can go to ProAmericaReport.com and the contacts there, you can email me through that. But you can also email me directly. 
ed at phyllisschlafly.com, ed at phyllisschlafly.com. Feel free. It goes right to my phone. I see all your emails and comments. And the last thing that people have found useful that like to text is you can text me at 314-256-1776, 314-256-1776. Again, it goes right to my phone, and I will uh, respond unless it's something that doesn't, doesn't require a response or, or may not merit a response. I'm usually it does, though, so people send me that. And um, let me give you two uh, headlines or two, uh, not headlines, two target dates to look at to be thinking about in the next 12 to 14 weeks. One is going to come on September 14th when the California recall will happen. And if the recall of Newsom is successful, then you'll have a new governor. That will be taking place on the 14th of September, Tuesday. And just about six or eight, almost eight weeks later, you will have the uh, Virginia governor's race. More and more people believe that the Virginia governor's race, and Virginia is a state that has let, uh, excuse me, has leaned Democrat solidly, really Democrat for a long time now, probably at least six or eight years. A lot of people think it's up for grabs. And so... That race is the governor's race. It's Terry McAuliffe running against a guy named Glenn Youngkin. And so uh, if you um, if you want to check that out, you can go to that. Go look at that. Those two races are coming. Those two deadlines are coming on the uh, on the in the Fast and Furious in the fall. They will give you a great sense of what is happening in the country and whether the shift in momentum is is actually taking hold across uh, the uh, the country in terms of electoral change. And if it's not, it's not going to matter. By the way, because people are just going to say, oh, well, um, you know, the politicians are going to think they get away with it and they're going to keep going. So we need some change. We need it now. So, all right, let me say thank you to Noah, our great producer. And as always, Joanna for booking our guests. And thank you for listening and visit ProAmericaReport.com. And I'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego.